Welcome to the show. This week we got a lot to talk about. It's November. We're prepping for the end of the year. And in that vein, we've got Space Launch System getting stacked in the Vehicle Assembly Building. James Webb Space Telescope about to launch in December. And we've got to share our Halloween costume. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us here at Today in Space. I am your space science podcast host from the East Coast, Alex Girofanos. And it's November 1st. We're recording our episode here. And... I just want to say thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, subscribe on our YouTube channel, Today in Space. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to it. If you're listening to it right now and you're not subscribed, what are you doing? You're never going to know when there's a new episode. And you're also supporting us. You're spreading the word. You're tweaking the algorithm so that we can get in front of more faces and into more ears. So thanks for doing that if you haven't already. Uh, so, this week, we uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see our SpaceX Starman helmet that we 3D printed and wore for our Halloween costume. We'll, we'll show this off in, in a little bit. We'll save that for a little energy in the middle of this episode. But what we wanted to talk about this week uh, is the end of the year. We've got two really major launches, three if you include the Kree. Crew 3 launch uh, that are coming up here, and we wanted to talk about those. Uh, that's the Space Launch System for Artemis 1. Uh, there's the James Webb Space Telescope, December 18th, and you know, of course, there's the Crew 3 launch, which was supposed to launch on Halloween, uh, very early Halloween morning, about 2 in the morning, um, and that got delayed originally. We thought that was going to be because of uh, the winds. The winds didn't look that great. It was an 80% go for launch. Uh, there was also some rumblings that the wind was going to cause a delay. But it ended up being a health issue, a non-COVID-related health issue. According to NASA, the teams will continue to monitor crew health as they evaluate potential launch opportunities at the end of the week. The earliest possible opportunity for launch is 11.36 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Saturday, November 6th. So... While that may be uh, maybe a little bit frustrating if you were preparing for that, it's actually good for us because that's a time and a day that we may actually be able to uh, do a podcast for that. So I'll look for that this weekend. Again, we're waiting to hear what happens with that. But the Crew 3 team, uh, we have European Space Agency astronaut Matthias Maurer. We have pilot Thomas Marshburn, Commander Rasha Shari, and Kayla Barron. Uh, will be the three astronauts that will be launching to the International Space Station to uh, have the, you know, passing of the baton of the Crew-2 uh, crew that's up there right now, and they will return home with the Dragon capsule. Now, if this gets delayed any longer, there's a lot of discussion right now about whether or not the Crew-2 mission, the Crew-2 crew, that is a little weird to say. I'm, I'm saying that out loud now, <laughs> really for the first time. It is kind of a jumble of words, but the Crew-2 mission may have to leave the ISS early without actually passing off to the next Dragon team of Crew-3. Uh, but you know what? At, at the end of the day, um, that's a that's a minor issue. It's a little bit of a procedural thing, but um, it's way better than having anyone have anything go... Anyone have anything go wrong? Am I Am I able to speak today? Apparently not. It's better than having something go wrong during flight. So uh, safety when launching humans is everything. So what we're waiting to hear back is an official launch, but we'll keep you guys up to date with that. 
Um, so Crew 3 is is eminent, and that will be happening uh, most likely this month. Next, the, the other big thing that I want to talk about is the James Webb Space Telescope, which is the, for anyone that's, that doesn't know, uh, the space uh, James Webb Space Telescope will be replacing the Hubble Space Telescope as far as our uh, abilities to look into the universe and understand uh, and have an eye to everything that's around us in in the universe, in space, in our solar system, outside of that. The way that Hubble changed our perspective on what it means to be human, what it, what is out there, uh, it, it changed everything. I mean, Hubble adding visuals to space flight has tremendously changed not only our understanding from a scientific level but also the connection that everyday human beings can have to the data that we're getting about this insane situation of us being on this rock called earth orbiting a sun in the middle of a solar system um in a galaxy that's among too many other galaxies in this whole thing we call the universe so to have visuals of it it just makes the connection as a human being easier and Hubble did that um, and now James Webb Space Telescope will allow us to look even further and dig deeper into what it is that we're what it is that the universe is and answer deeper questions about uh, closer to when, how did this universe become, began begin wow i'm really having a hard time speaking today <laughs> bear with me folks uh so the interesting thing about the james webb telescope if anyone's been following it for a while the original launch date was 2007 and this is now 2021 and after many many delays the james webb telescope is finally on its way to the launch pad it's being prepped right now december 18th is the launch right now on an arian 5 rocket um and it's going to be set up a million miles away from earth uh and the the idea there is that having you know we have telescopes on our planet of course the whole um controversy with something like spacex's starlink where you've seen or you've at least heard of these trains of satellites that are going into orbit and then there will be this constellation of satellites around the planet uh these satellites are leaving streaks in our ground-based telescopes looking out um atmosphere is not great for looking into space it gets in the way uh obviously pollution gets in the way and then obviously these satellites are also getting in the way having a telescope in space is an even better situation because now things are as dark as you're going to get them uh you don't have anything else in the way of you looking out uh, and obviously, being a million miles out is going to give you an even better perspective of what is out there. The challenge is getting to that million miles out there. And a lot of things have to go right in order for it to happen. And even the Hubble Space Telescope, which is at a higher altitude than uh, the International Space Station, but uh, the Inspiration4 team actually went uh, higher in altitude around Earth than the Hubble Space Telescope, which is why we talk about it so much, because it's uh, a one it's one step closer to doing something brand new that we haven't done in a very long time with human missions, but I digress. I, I, I'm talking about Inspiration4 a lot lately. <laughs> uh, 
Hubble Space Telescope had problems, and we had to, after launching, send a space shuttle mission to the Hubble Space Telescope to try and fix it. And we almost launched a telescope that didn't work. Uh, what happens when there is a space telescope that is a million miles away and something happens, something goes wrong? Uh, and I really do have to commend NASA for putting out so much content around this. They actually put out a video uh, talking about the the amount of time that's going to take for it to get to that million miles to to actually deploy its solar panels, which is like origami uh, folded, uh, a style of origami that folds the solar panels in a way that's you can fit it into uh, the payload bay of a rocket and launch it. So there's so many different things, and that, that's just scratching the surface. We'll have a link in this article with all of that stuff in here, but there are so many things that went wrong, and I think it's so much better for NASA to be open and honest about that stuff and, and discuss it. Like, yeah, this has been, James Webb has been in progress for a super long time. If you talk to anyone that's interested in space and passionate about it, they have felt the pain of <laughs> of hearing that James Webb was going to launch, and it didn't. Think about it. It was supposed to launch in 2007, they had to do a major redesign of the entire thing before that, and then it wasn't ready, it wasn't fully manufactured until 2016, and since then, there's been the promise of, James Webb is launching, no it's not, James Webb is launching, no it got cancelled, James Webb is launching, and now, it's actually getting prepped to launch, so there's there's a lot of really cool stuff happening there, um, but it, it, it also shows, like, things don't go to plan, <laughs> like you'd like to sometimes and you've got to adjust for that and you know that is life unfortunately um even though it sucks and we would want to have the ability of james webb the telescope uh hey we're at a point where we're actually launching it um it did have to happen during a pandemic but we're here it's about to launch things are Things are about to go, and, and once it launches December 18th, it's not just like the launch is, is the end of it. Uh, we're going to be following along with that launch in December, again, assuming everything goes well and they actually do launch. Um, we'll be following the drama and everything that will come from, uh, as they're calling it, the Super Bowl of missions, where it's, you know, once we're in, all of these different things have to have to go through. Actually, let me pull up. What was the, what was the thing I read? So there's 29 days after launch where it has to go nearly a million miles away. And there are, let's see, 300 single point failure items and they all have to work. I mean, it, it it's wild. I don't even know. <laughs> I have to dive more into this because there's so, there's so much that's involved with getting a telescope that can help that can look further than Hubble. And so now the line is, can we do it? Can we make this happen? Uh, so we'll be watching that. In in the other vein of things that we've been promised and, and going off of this idea of, you know, we, we thought it was going to be one thing, but it took a lot longer. The space launch system is actually fully stacked in the vehicle assembly building. The space launch system is the system that NASA developed uh, we took the space shuttle and we basically ripped it apart and said, all right, we need to go further than we went before. And we're going to use the space shuttle engines, the RS-25s, and 
we're going to create this launch system that's going to allow us to create this Orion capsule and send human beings around missions around the solar system, potentially. Uh, this would be the biggest rocket that's ever been built. It would be bigger than the Saturn V, and it would give us the capability to send humans to any mission that we would like. And, and right now, NASA wants to launch one of these missions a year uh, for the next few decades and be able to have these really long extended missions have enough energy behind some uh, a capsule with human beings on it that can actually be sent almost anywhere if you want to go to mars you can go to mars send an orbit around mars have them come back um, maybe do some early scouting of the area you know actually be able to see it do more in your mission time than you would be able to otherwise and then there's other potential missions uh, with other variations of the space launch system. But basically, we haven't had this capability in a very long time. SpaceX is developing a lot of that capability right now. Uh, and even the ULA's Delta IV uh, Heavy was you know, considered in the early days of space launch system of what would be capable of sending these types of missions to the moon, right? Because we don't really have a rocket right now to send a human mission, to send landers. There is the Falcon Heavy. There is the Delta IV Heavy. Uh, but none of those are built to... They're not complete, right? You still have to add something else, a second stage. And, you know, we've we've heard from, you know, our last NASA administrator, Jim Bridenstine, they were talking about different options of mod podging together the different vehicles that are out there um but having one system that's fully integrated and launchable that's where the space launch system comes into play um and it and it brought up a lot of questions actually as i was discussing it this week uh, to some people about what why the space launch system is even important and, and we just kind of broke it down a little bit but basically there is no single launch system right now that can really get us to the moon that can really send us around the solar system and because of delays and things not going as as we necessarily planned uh funding getting cut life as you as you will we've ended up in this position where we don't have one full option uh, one of the downsides of the space launch system is it's it's a relic from old years where it is an expendable rocket, which means we don't get to use those boosters again. We don't get to use any part of this rocket other than the capsule uh, more than once, which means it's an extremely, extremely expensive uh, system to launch and make. And that's part of the reason why it's taken so long for it to get out there. Boeing is helping build the SLS. Um, and we're, we're just seeing that some ways in some ways the old way of doing space big large projects having it funneled through one organization and um, making sure that it's at the highest level of all NASA safety procedures and what they would like does that make for a rocket that's actually viable and within the budget constraints of an ever-changing political environment and the answer is obviously no uh, it's part of the reason why this podcast exists is because of the 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 grinding halt of space progress, especially human space progress after the space shuttle ended and the difficulty of getting a program up and running again. It's been a decade and we're only now 
stacking the SLS for the first time to actually get it to launch. So um, we have definitely seen this play out before. James Webb is a perfect example, right? 2007 was the first launch date. It's now 2021. You've got a solid amount of time uh, before that, since the last night. 14 years in that case, right? These are both two really good examples of what happens when things don't go as you plan and when you when you lose the ability that NASA had in in the the first decade of the 2000s, right? Kind of at the height of your abilities, trying to figure out what the next step is and at that time things just didn't they didn't pan out in the way that we had hoped and we are now only just getting to this point. And a lot of that has been thanks to the ability of companies like the United Launch Alliance, uh, to Boeing, to Northrop Grumman, SpaceX, of course, uh, really revolutionizing the monetary challenge of launching something, you know, reusable rockets and and the like. Uh, Hilariously, we'll have an article attached here uh, by Eric Berger, but essentially... NASA now is looking to have the SLS built at half the price, which um, is hilarious. Um, it also means that they've gotten used to their uh, their daily fix of <laughs> their daily fix of cheap reusable rockets, and and now they are looking to create some kind of a program that has the legs to do what they were talking about, right? Launch one mission for decades and have the ability to keep this launch system up and running. The only way they're able to do that is by cutting the price. And the real question there is, is it possible to cut the price of a program like that for an expendable rocket that was never looked at to be half the price? How do you get a program that fundamentally was designed a certain way to act fundamentally in a totally different way? How do you get a program with an expensive rocket performed the same way as a rocket that's reusable. I don't know if it's possible, but uh, they are asking for it, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know what that means for Boeing. Does that mean they lose the contract and it goes to somebody else? Do they work? Does Boeing work together with another company and split the contract to make that happen? I'm still not quite sure on the details there, but NASA is now asking some good questions. They're actually requesting things that, you know, before were kind of outrageous. Now there's data out there that supports reusable rockets are a way to make these budgets and these programs do more with the money that they actually get and that is the name of the game uh so that that's kind of our big our big talk for this week is uh, there's a lot of stuff happening for the end of this year of programs that have been around uh, or been planned since i went you know was graduating college learning about this stuff um and it's a lesson in making sure that you have backup plans and that programs don't get too expensive to the point where it's difficult to get funding once things aren't uh aren't going your way or things get tough right uh space always has historically had a hard time uh finding funding when either the interest waned just like when we went to the moon for the first time went a whole bunch of times and then everyone was like well we've been to the moon already what's the next step um and then once you decide what that next step is having the foresight to have the next plan be something that can be 
that can have multiple requests for programs, right? The space shuttle was great, but ultimately we weren't advancing. We weren't doing anything. We were building a, an incredible environment on the International Space Station, right? Uh, a societal uh, example of people working internationally and solving problems in in orbit and it's taught us so much about living in zero gravity and about our planet but it has had a hard time keeping the funding going and it's it's still up there because it's still up there right it's still up there because they were able to find enough funding to keep it running um but again we spent so much money spending uh towards sending our own astronauts on not our own system we were paying per seat on the soyuz system which when you talk about wasting money for a program, I mean, we did that for almost a decade. Did that for almost a decade. And how much money could we have spent somewhere else had we allocated that differently or had another option to launch into space? But that's the beautiful thing about Launch America. That's the beautiful thing about this Crew 3 mission and what SpaceX has done and what Boeing will do at some point with the CST-100 uh, Starliner. Uh and then at some point with Orion, with Artemis 1, we're going to see the first steps towards sending the first woman and the next man to the moon. So there's a lot. There's a lot to come. And to close out this episode, for those on YouTube, obviously you will have uh, the, the visual pleasure of seeing our SpaceX helmet. But anyone that's listening, you we created for Halloween, we want to create SpaceX helmets. So here is our Starman. We put foam on the inside to make it a little easier um i had this visor made for me vacuum formed by wayne newmeyer who we've had on the podcast before uh, you can find him at a7l props on instagram um and of course he reminded me because i rush and uh i'm terrible at planning um apparently there is also a film <laughs> on uh this visor so it was a little bit hard to, to look through. I was just like, oh, it's the frosted look. That would be great. Uh, hilariously, no, I am just uh, impatient. Um, so this was put together to get it, it done in time for Halloween. I definitely want to take uh, a little more time to really refine this and make this something presentable that we can take out. But I think the cool thing about 3D printed parts, especially costumes um, that we make with our 3D printing lab, AG 3D Printing, which helps fund this podcast, um, and do all the amazing stuff that we want to do with this podcast and, of course, bringing other people's ideas into reality, not just our own. 3D printing opens you up to a whole nother level of making things, right? And it doesn't even have to be... That, that's the, the great thing about what this shows is that it doesn't even have to be a perfect model. People get that it's real. How would you get this otherwise, right? How would you get this helmet if you didn't 3d print it um it's not within the ability of just everyday people right but 3d printing with these fff 3d printers we have at, with ag3d and at some point we will create a program so that you guys can do it at home too um which shouldn't stop you from reaching out to us if you are interested in getting a 3d printer i know a bunch of you already have but if you are even a little bit interested in getting involved in 3d printing at your own home please reach out to us um, either at Today in Space Pod on Instagram, um, Today in Space on TikTok, AG3D Printing on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I'm sorry, Instagram and Twitter. But here's our helmet. Uh, it's on a hinge. 
which is pretty cool, just like the real thing. I actually have to put my have to put my head in first. Um, and this is actually different. Wayne was telling me about this. So the real SpaceX helmet uh, is actually supported by the neck. Uh, the neck is actually what holds this in the right position. Um, so I had to kind of go around that, uh, use the foam and actually push my head a little bit forward. Um, but the really nice thing about this is that the helmet comes down and then the weight of the visor and the overall helmet actually pushes it down towards my chin. So it actually stays closed when I do this. So that was kind of nice. I got a lot of wows and, uh, and cools by the kids that came by and actually did trick or treat. So, uh, so that was nice. Uh, but yeah, this was, this was fun. I definitely think my head is still a little bit too big for this, but the good thing is that, uh, it was kind of like a temporary build, right? So I just used some spot welding of just like a little hot glue gun, some Gorilla Glue sticks, and, uh, just kind of put certain corners. And so basically I can take this back apart. I can rework it and really make it something beautiful. Um, but I still got the experience of doing that. On Halloween so that's that's it folks uh, thank you for joining us this week we will have more to come I successfully got through another one of my time audits where I looked at how much time I actually have available to me uh, which if you didn't know if you're actually gonna sleep eight hours a night you have 112 waking hours where you can do things um, and so for the first time, this is probably the third time that I've audited my time in order to do all the things that I do here, right? For the podcast, for you know, running two businesses and um, working a day job, but also trying to have a social life and, and, and be there for the people that uh, are in my life. 112 hours doesn't seem like that much time. <laughs> so you really have to be efficient with your time because the other thing too is I spent a lot of years in this podcast struggling, thinking that more effort meant that I would succeed. And after a certain point of learning, that's just not the case. Like, yes, you have to kind of become obsessive about what you want to do and really, really dive in. But it's not until you really start refining, at least this is, <laughs> this is where I'm going with the next step with this. If, I, if we really want to make this succeed and, and be at my best, it has to be de dedicated time for stuff. I need to really be efficient with my time, especially as our EG3D printing projects become more demanding and, and we start getting to the point where we've been successful for customers for a few parts and then they want to scale. We have a few customers that want to do that right now. And the time that I had built, the schedule that I had built was not working for that anymore. So we readjust. So the third time in, this is the first time that the amount of hours for things that I wanted to do actually was less than 112 hours, which is magical. The only problem was it left me with 45 minutes. <laughs> so, so, uh, we are here. I literally, this is, uh, we're going to be recording on Mondays. That's how it's going to start for now. And that will leave me days to get things ready so that we have a full release on Thursday. So, that is what we're going to try and do right now. That is our balance for now. Um, and it, it allows me to focus more on this so that I'm not as uh, all over the place. I mean, we, you, you've seen it if you've been following the podcast. I've missed a few weeks. Uh, I've also, 
you know, I don't want to come on here and just talk about nonsense. I want to have a point when I'm bringing things up. Uh, and I felt myself losing the, the reason why I was talking uh, about stuff and just didn't put out a podcast for that reason. And that's just no good for our growth. And I really love doing this. And I appreciate every one of you that subscribed, that listens, that follows, that reaches out and tells me what you like about it. Um, if you guys reach out and tell me what you're interested in, like I, I love hearing all that stuff and I want to be there for all of you. So all I'm saying is uh, be good to yourself, uh, be kind and just make the adjustment when you've got to do it and you've got to move around and, and, and things aren't going your way. If you take a deep breath and again, I'm also still learning this, if you take a deep breath and then you just look, you look at what you have in front of you and you change the plan. If the plan's not working change it that's where i'm at this week so a little little meta here at the end of this episode thank you for joining us on today in space much love to all of you i hope you're doing well i hope you had a great halloween here's to a solid closeout of 2021 and uh the start of 2022 because who knows what's going to happen we'll be here we'll be talking about all things space we'd love to have you so thanks for joining us be well We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper.